Look who decided to show. Sorry, I'm late. A wizard is never late. You're a slacker. You're causing a major disturbance on my time. If I don't leave now, I'll be late for being early. You're late. I generally come in at least 15 minutes late. If you ain't first, you're last. Now the early show, later, with Karis and Jeremy from 1027 The Peak. Hello and welcome. Check the levels. Levels are good. Good. Thank you, Jeremy. Checking, checking, one, two, three. Hi, and welcome to episode 84 of the Early Show Later podcast. I'm Karis. I'm Jeremy. Welcome. Episode 84 is Necromancer or Necromancer. Yeah, I think it's Potato Potato. It's basically like right. a wizard that deals with the dead. Whether they summon the spirits or apparitions or raise the dead to be their army of undead followers. Wow, that... Sound that makes this episode sound very ominous. Yes, if this is Dungeons and Dragons, I would be generally an evil wizard. Though I've always wanted to play a necromancer, perhaps as a neutral character who doesn't look at death as intrinsically evil. You know, it's just more curious. But it is also not good. You're not good. But 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 also maybe just not evil. Yeah. It doesn't have to be evil. That's a story for a Dungeons and Dragons podcast for Mm -hmm. another time. Okay, we got a lot to cover this show. We do, yeah. On this show, on our uh, program this morning, and now t- on this podcast too, we are going to be talking about Adele tickets being resold for astronomical, bonkers amount, amount of, money. of money. One person I, was like, like, "Well, maybe it goes to charity." No, it goes to a scalper. Yeah, some scalper is hoping to make tens of thousands of dollars on concert tickets for Adele, which is really bizarre. Uh, we're also going to be talking about a food blog that, Jeremy, you found about a Michelin-starred restaurant in Italy and the courses that they served. This blogger went through the 27-course the <laughs> Four and a half hour meal. And some of the dishes just Outrageous. really hilarious in their absurdity. Yes. Yeah. The meal, I ended up looking that up to a meal there, like, you know, a meal per person's like, you know, like, it's not... Nuts, it's a, but it's expensive. Like it's an expensive dinner out, you know, like a hundred and something dollars per person. So an expensive night out, not outside of the world, but like eh, you expect better. Yeah, you'd probably <laughs> expect some sort of a proper dish at some point. At, a some, prop- at, some, at some point, point at some a proper point. dish. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so we'll go into the details of that. Uh, also, we're going to be talking on Debate Club, Jeremy. Your uh, son watched Home Alone for the first time ever, the original. Yeah, I said it was so fun. So much fun. And so on Debate Club, we're talking about the best trap that was laid by Kevin against Harry and Marv. Yeah, and then I think tonight we might tackle Home Alone too. Like, he was so psyched on it um, that he was, was like, you know, saw on the streaming that, you know, after Home Alone 1, there was two, three, four, I don't know how far it goes. And then he's like, oh my God, like, we're going to watch all of these. And I said, well, we'll watch two, but I don't know if we'll get into the other ones. I realized I had to kind of like, uh, realize like those other movies weren't made for me necessarily. No. So then I had to be like, yeah, fine. We'll watch You know, at first I'm like, no, we can't watch. They're terrible. And he's the, like, well, why are they terrible? <laughs> Those other films were not made for film critics. They were yeah. made for children who got excited about the first one. And you just want to keep minting that dollars. Uh, so that's fine. I, I I realized that while talking to him in real time. I was like, no, they're terrible. They're bad. Uh, yeah, we'll watch yeah, them. Yeah, okay, sure. We'll watch we'll them. We'll watch them. <laughs> maybe you we'll will even, love them. Maybe we'll even watch them this weekend. Yeah, they'll be great. I'm going to know lots about Home Alone come Monday. Um, on the show today, we talked about a few things, too. We talked about micronutrients. 
Um, and at first I was like, what is this, you know, micronutrients, minerals and vitamins? Yes. And I saw this article in the National Post about how our lack of micronutrients in our diet could be contributing to angry rhetoric. You know, how people getting really yeah, angry ornery. at each other. Like ornery, we're ornery. Very... We all are. And essentially what this article is saying is we are hangry. Many of us are hangry because our bodies are not getting the proper nutrients. And that in turn gives us poor mental health. And it and it makes us have short tempers. It gives us more depression. It makes us feel more impatient. And we don't have the the mental uh, fortitude to deal with the onslaught of what the world gives us because of the high processed foods that we're eating, missing these micronutrients that you find in whole foods. And yeah, it was good because the science backed that up. Yeah, and and they the article goes on to talk about how you know there was extensive evidence uh, for this. There was a, there were studies done in Japan. And, uh, and it was like 90,000 people were looked at in Japan, their diets, and particularly relating to mental health and depression. And, and it showed that uh, in like 10 to 15 years follow-up of these 90,000 people in Japan, the suicide rate in those consuming a whole foods diet was half that of those eating less healthy foods i.e., they're talking about less healthy being more highly processed foods, you know, convenience foods, fast foods, those types of things, not the whole foods that you have to go and buy the broccoli at the grocery store and cook it. But when you're doing that, you're getting the micronutrients that your body really needs as opposed to getting the high processed food. You're missing that and then your body ends up needing it and and you get hangry. I always wonder, like I like – I like that the science seems to show that, you know, a balanced diet of whole, of whole foods is better for your mental health. I just wonder if it's like I'm depressed so I eat processed foods and it or I, uh, you know, or I eat processed foods so that makes me depressed. Do you understand what I mean? Yes, absolutely. And I think it's kind of a cycle that sort of feeds on itself. Yeah, I would. Yeah, probably it's I bet you it's a bit of both. You yeah. Know? It's like someone who's already eating this like wholesome whole foods diet already has good mental health or – does the person who eats the whole food diets that helps and is part of their positive mentality? You know, it's like I, I would just think like I'm just you're not a scientist, but I'm just like, what do I want to believe or what feels or sounds right to me is like, yeah, eating whole foods should contribute to a positive mental health. Yeah, I definitely it makes sense. And I, I don't think. The idea isn't to necessarily shame people and oh, don't eat that chocolate bar. Rah, yeah, rah, rah. It's going to make you depressed. You know, that's not what it's about. I think it's more about being aware of what actual food is going into your body in terms of real whole nutrients. Um, and, you know, and your mental health could really benefit from trying to increase that along with whatever else you would do for mental health, whether it's, you know, you ha- you're on a prescription of some kind. Um, but that a- apparently, according to many studies, even if you're on, you know, some sort of antidepressant, um, your mental health will then be boosted yet again if you can find a way to get more whole foods into your diet on a regular basis. I also like the article because they weren't trying to sell you anything. No, no. Anytime that's the case, I'm like, okay, I can read this. You know, yeah. it's not like, now buy this book or this diet plan. I mean, unless this was, you know, brought to you by, you know, 
Big Lettuce. Yeah, no, and it it wasn't actually. It wasn't brought to you by Big Lettuce. Apparently, this article um, is uh, apparently Bonnie Kaplan receives funding from no organization currently because she is retired. During her career, she received many grants from private foundations and from provincial funding competitions. Her only current affiliation is a member of the Scientific Advisory Board of the John W. Brick Foundation. I love how they put all that in the article. I know, yeah, right at the bottom. That's the future, and there we go. We don't have Mm -hmm. to then go in conspiracy theory land. You know, it's just like, here's where she gets her money. Yeah. Cool. All right. Awesome. I can believe this. Yeah. What's your message? Eat better. Awesome. It wasn't <laughs> cool. like, it's not buy my protein shake. Exactly. And only eat protein because yeah. that's not weird at all. Yeah, it's not weird at all. <laughs> so that was, uh, that was amazing. Okay. The other thing I wanted to talk about with you, you took your kids um, or at least one of them to a birthday party that was midweek. On a school night. Yes. Was that awesome or not awesome? It was awesome. And both of them went and it was at the rec room in the amazing Brentwood. Brentwood Mall. Yeah, it's Brentwood Mall, but apparently (laughs) it's it's the amazing. Yeah, not even amazing. It's awesome. Yeah, I remember them building. I remember them announcing it years ago. And I was like, that sounds like it'll be fun. And the pandemic happened. And it's just like a crazy place of games and fun and pizza and all that weirdness, bowling. Yeah, it's really big. It's huge. And I only saw the games part of it. You know, there's kind of a restaurant area that was then attached to this game. It's like an old school arcade, but modern. It's the modern arcade. What was that one in Metrotown? Palladium. Yes. That's exactly it. Like that, but this one is a little bit more with the bar, food element. Maybe not bowling. What was it? Billiards? Billiards, yes. Yeah, Yeah, I think so. Uh, Maybe there's a movie theater in there. They had a really great time. They loved it. They had the wristbands. You go tap to play each game, and then you get your tickets. They're not physical tickets. The tickets, you know, digitally go back on your wristband. So it's all right there. Uh, They had a really great time. And, yeah, it was on a Thursday afternoon evening yeah like you were home by six or seven uh home by about seven seven thirty probably yeah. seven thirty so after school till about seven thirty and i'm just like oh. is that the new frontier for children's birthdays now especially as the pandemic's you know i it's not over like the amount of people getting sick and dying seems to be the same all the time but <laughs> the world has declared it over and we're just opening up and moving on with our lives i guess uh so birthday parties are going to be more and more a thing and they take over, like, people listening to this podcast who don't have kids, you don't fully appreciate it. But if your kid is moderately popular, it's like, it's going to be every weekend <laughs> for chunks of the year. Like, you know, the fall, maybe in the spring, it's like birthdays. They just take over your weekend. Yeah, they can, for sure. So spread it around over the week. It's yeah, a great you, idea. Like, like, you lived it. Do you... Do you appreciate that? Are you like going to that mom being like, yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Thank you for this. Yes. I thought, I think it was fantastic. And it kind of made me think like maybe if we were going to do, uh, you know, a birthday party, for, you know, our kids have already had parties this year for the first time in years. So that was kind of exciting. But maybe moving forward, if we were to do that kind of thing again, maybe do it midweek and be fun. Yeah, that would be cool. All right. Well, I guess let's get on out with the scheduled program. Uh, we're going to begin with, uh, uh, Home Alone. Nice, right? Yes, Radiohead. Little Radiohead on the early show on 1027 The Peak. Good morning, I'm Karis. Hey, I'm Jeremy. What's up? Uh, we were talking about, uh, Home Alone earlier, uh, eight-year-old, almost eight, Finally got to uh, Home Alone. Just loved it. Loved the traps. We talked about that. Your kids still love the traps. Oh, you look so, forward to it. Yeah, the part in the movie when Kevin 
sets all the traps for Harry and Marv and they get all <laughs> caught up in it and Kevin ends up winning, all the kids just go bananas they for that. They do love it. You know, yeah. if you're 10 years old and in that strike zone and you, and, and you get the best of the bad guys, you save the family house, um, it's a legendary moment for any kid. I, there were times, yeah, sure, I almost beaked up and was like, you know, that trap would kill him. That's uh, not very really real. <laughs> you know what? Actually, at this point, Marv would probably be dead. But... Marv would have died 14 times over. But I didn't want it to be that no, guy let's, yet. No, let's not ruin that film I ruin experience. The magic of Christmas, this young <laughs> for my child. So I wanted to let him believe that he can take a paint bucket to the dome and just get up and keep on going. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, also it's, inspiring. It really is, you know, or step on that um, that nail or or get the, you know, what was the other one? You, uh, you know, the, tar- cr- the crowbar to the chest would murder you. Exactly. You know, when the tarantula was on the face yeah. and then, you know, and then he's saying like, you know, don't move, don't move. <laughs> He's like, Marv? (laughs) (laughs) Then he starts beating him with a crowbar because he's trying to get the tarantula. Oh, my God, yeah. Uh, But here, the BB gun to the face, that's really, sorry, the BB gun to the beats, that's really what kicks it all off. That's what gets your kids going. They're just like, ah, it's right in that area. (laughs) Yep, and because, you know, they've been hit in that area. They know it doesn't feel good. And we're going to power rank Kevin's traps that he unleashes on the wet bandits. What is the most iconic trap of them all really the one in our house is i think the one that sets it all off which is which is the bb gun to the beats yeah and then i mean he wears oh sorry he wears the bb gun for the almost the rest of the whole adventure that's exactly it and it starts with this scene we know that you're in there and that you're all alone it's santa claus (laughs) and it's elf (laughs) be a good little fella now and open the door and then it's all downhill from there for harry and marv and you can feel that one <laughs> yeah. we put it up on our debate club today uh what is the most uh iconic trap kevin unleashed on harry and marv uh you can let us know which one you think is just the power move that kevin unleashes on the wet bandits you can call or text 281-027 we also have our poll posted on uh social media if you want to just hit it that way um at the peak our we have to short we can only pick four yeah exactly and if you have something else if you want to have a write-in please write it in write it in so here's what we included the paint bucket to the dome what we know about concussions now, mm. that's not the best one. I don't think they survived that, but they did in the movie. BB gun to the beach kicks off the whole adventure. Yep. The crushed ornaments to the feet. I think that was just a really uh, ingenious and kind of adorable way to use the Christmas yes. vibe. It is a Christmas movie. You know, it is a Christmas. And they kind of brought in the Christmas theme into that prank, which Shows I enjoy. Kevin being two steps ahead. Always. 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 Um, and then uh, I voted Tarantula on the face. Because for me, that's a very visceral moment where when, when he... I mean, when he sees the tarantula and grabs it, I'm just like, oh, right. Like to me, that's already scary. Like I relate to Marv so completely in this moment. Then when he puts the tarantula on Marv's face, I mean, I'm out. I'm a wet bandit. I'm out. You win, Kevin. And then, of course, he takes the crowbar to Harry, and it's just like, what's happening? And that's the part that sends me over. I just when the when he starts hitting him with the crowbar, I mean, the, oh, come the on. nail, the flamethrower, oh. the heated, uh, the heated a doorknob, the cut, and the 
cutting the zip line. I mean, oh my God. Kevin! Longford and Sons in a song called I Will Wait on the early show. You're listening to the early show with Karis and Jeremy at 6.37. So, Karis, I read this viral um, food review. Normally, food reviews don't go viral, but this one is out of control. It's from a website called the Every, everywherest.com, um, and it is just absolutely bonkers. This woman um, who's a, a food writer and blogger goes to the only Michelin-starred restaurant in Italy. It's in a town called uh, Lache in the south of Italy. Like, imagine the boot. You're, you're kind of near the heel. Mm-hmm. Um, and the restaurant's called Bro's. And she was just like, right away, I'm like, uh, uh. It's called bros? It's called bros, yeah. And All right, All chef, right. Chef, and oh man, he embodies it. So the writer's like, look, I'm a, I'm a food writer. I'm used to eating in Michelin star restaurants and experimental cuisine. First off, she's like, so I'm not scared of that. I'm, into, I'm interested in that. That's why I went here. She said it was a 27-course meal, four-and-a-half-hour event. The decor she could only describe as the type of interrogation room they take you, the police take you if you commit a crime against children. She's like, that's the decor. It looks like, like oh. a, maybe like a bunker from the Cold War. Oh. Like, she's just like, how is this fun or interesting at all? Vibes. Yeah, she sits down. It's a 27-course meal, but no single course should, could she describe as a course. She was like, never did a meal come out. The largest course was six noodles. Six individual noodles. She counted them. Is this a prank? Is this somebody being funny? Is this bro guy who made this bro restaurant Many in a bunker? Many people think that. Is, this, like, is he just trying to be funny? She couldn't tell. She's trying to come up with a reason. It has a Michelin star, so you have to earn that somehow. Someone went there from the Michelin Tire Company and was like... <laughs> This is some good eats. I lo- As a quick sidebar, I love the idea of getting a Michelin stars like the giant white Michelin guy comes yeah. into your restaurant, sits down and He's eats like, your food and is like, you get a star. This is worth a stop on the road trip. <laughs> uh, yeah, she was just like, this is kind of like food is art taken to the, to the 18th power. Yeah. Of the 27 courses, she said 12 are different forms of edible foams. And the one twelve of the twenty-seven courses were foam. Were just yeah. foam. One was uh, the dessert was a deconstructed orange with an actual orange, but the orange you weren't supposed to eat. The actual orange was just for decoration to eat the deconstructed orange. Um, and the one that whoa, just whoa 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 is the deconstructed orange the kind of orange that I give my kids for snack time? Like when you you know if you peel off the outside and it's then like you just give them the they've inside. Taken the is orange, that what that is? They've taken the orange, they've mashed it down, and then they reformed it into orange. Okay, right. And the one that just sent her and her, her, she was with her husband and then two really close friends. The one that sent her over the top, it was a plaster cast replica of the chef's open mouth. <laughs> Almost like imagine, uh, and this is maybe for some adults, imagine maybe like a sex toy. Okay, right? yeah, it so just, a, just a, Like an open mouth, just, just ready Just a relaxed to, open mouth. A relaxed open mouth. Okay. And then they filled that with foam. And they were like, oh, and so they brought that to the table and they looked at the waiter and they were like, hey, so you didn't bring us a fork or a knife or a spoon or a straw. Uh, <laughs> how do we eat this? And the chef was, or and the waiter's like, oh, you, you lick it out of the open mouth. And they were like, yeah, we're out. <laughs> oh, that's my Kevin. All over my mind.
Blow. That's Ruby Waters on 1027 The Peak. Hey, it's the early show with Karis and Jeremy, 829. The storm hasn't hit us yet, this latest round of heavy rain. Uh, it's supposed to arrive sometime this morning, and then it'll carry uh, through till tomorrow. But we might even tomorrow get a few sunny breaks, maybe. So maybe the most of the rain will be overnight tonight. We will see. Uh, that Adele concert uh, that she did with the Oprah, you know, it was on TV. It was in Los Angeles. Looked really fun, you know, when Seth Rogen was like, yeah, I got super stoned. It was great. I was like, man, I'd like to do that. Yeah, sounds awesome. Sounds like everyone wants to do that. Adele's going to, um, I don't know, fortify herself in Las Vegas for a string of shows. Uh, tickets are selling, some of them for $68,000. So Adele is doing, is it a residency? I yeah, mean, I is, guess is she like, just setting up shop now in Las Vegas or is she just doing a string of shows? I think it's like a know? string of shows. It's not okay. like one of those like all, because I mean, that would be even more bonkers. I think it's just like, uh, she's doing a residency uh, in Las Vegas for a string of shows. Usually when the artist is a bit younger, it's not like for years. It'll be yeah. just for a chunk of time. Or mm-hmm. even throughout the year, it'll be like a block of time. Different artists is different. Yeah. So Adele is doing a residency um, in Las Vegas. Within moments, the pre-sale sold out, right? Within minutes. And then immediately starts showing up on the resale websites. Um, prices ranging from anywhere. From 1,200 U.S. to 53,000 U.S. So what is that in Canadian? A lot. 68,000 in Canadian dollars. $68,000 for a set of tickets. For one ticket. That's one ticket? Yes. If you want a pair, uh, you need to sell, you know, a little bit of property in British Columbia because that's going to be like $136,000. What? Yeah. And there's people who's like, well, the tax rate's too high. Well, no, maybe not high enough. Like, what's happening? What's happening? How much money do you have to go to one show? I couldn't even imagine. I couldn't even imagine. I, I can't know for a, for a show spending one hundred and thirty six thousand. What? I don't, how do you what? even do that? Exactly. How- now, ticket listed for that. Are they selling for that? Once again, I, I mean that's you're very wealthy. You know, you have a billion dollars. What is $68,000, right? What? Yeah, if you are a billionaire. You know, it's, that's... And maybe there are many billionaires who, uh, they don't have the time to do a pre-sale, but they have money. Sure, maybe there's a couple cases of that, but who are these people? Like, I like Adele. Fine, the new record is okay. It's okay. Yeah, and what... Wh- 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 <laughs> you can't I'm even speechless. talk. I'm speechless. You can't even talk. No. <laughs> what is wrong with the world? Like it's just that's so bonkers to me. We're like, well, the price of food's gonna go up a thousand dollars, and we're like, okay, that's over a year. That's a lot of money. And then there are other people that are like, eh, you know, Adele's okay, I guess. Rolling in the deep's a jam. Sixty-eight thousand dollars. I'm like, have these people never been to a rock show? Yeah. Ever? Like maybe if you're an alien from another planet, and you're like. I've never been to a show. What is it about? But I've been to many shows. They are good. I've been to great shows. I have never been to a rock concert ever that, that I would value. That at $136,000 for a pair of tickets. For one night. Ever. I have never seen that show. I couldn't even imagine what that show would be. No, I would hope that the billionaire people would just not spend that. A necromancer would have to bring Kurt Cobain back from the dead And even still, I might be like, yeah, I'll see it on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Okay, how was that for an early show later podcast program? That was jam-packed with things, Jeremy. (laughs) So jam-packed. That's a a 
Feels like a bit of a Bronx cheer. That was a podcast full of things. <laughs> <laughs> it sure was. Thank you guys so much for being part of it and finding it. Make sure you like, subscribe, share, comment, and uh, tell a neighbor, tell a friend, tell, tell a, a coworker, tell, friend, tell your kids. Retweet, reblog, regram, whatever you got to do to help us help you help us. Thank you for being part of it. Uh, you can always tweet at the show. It's at Karis Hogg, C-H-A-R-I-S-H-O-G-G, at Jeremy underscore Baker. Tweet at us your favorite Home Alone trap. What was that iconic trap? Uh, we didn't get into a lot of the responses we had throughout the program today on our live show on the Peak 1027 FM in Vancouver. But we had many. And I what I found interesting was the amount of people that went to Home Alone too. Yes, and I think that because there were, again, really good traps in Home Alone 2. I mean, it was essentially a carbon copy of Home Derivative. Alone 1. It really was. And, you know, there's nothing really that different from the plot. They're not going out on a limb. They're just redoing the first one. But they have new traps. Which and the cool. and the traps are the fun part. So uh, I'm going to probably watch that tonight. You know, with my uh, with my son, one of them at least. The other one, hopefully, will be in bed. And uh, we'll see. Something. Stay up late on Fridays. You know, yeah, like, stay up late hard. night. I was like, man, I'm gonna drink tonight. I'm gonna drink and watch Home Alone two. And I was like, what am I gonna drink? Uh, rum and eggnog. But I'm like, hi, ah, you know, you can have one. And then it's like, okay, that's a lot of thick yeah. cream and rum. It's like essentially just drinking custard with alcohol in it. Yes, which can be tasty. Well. It makes me think of Christmas. It's delicious, mm-hmm. but it's like I'm not. Throwing those back with my wife watching Home Alone 2 and enjoying the traps. So I'm going to go to my power drink these days. Um, I like the um, Rosé um, Prosecco. It's like a sparkling wine, but a rosé. Oh, yeah. Those are good. Yeah, that's I, good. I can get into those. I, I've been uh, drinking some stouts lately because oh, once we get into oh. wintertime, I like a stout. What's the stout you're going? Maybe I'll have a stout today. Um, oh, you know what? I've actually got a picture of it on my phone. Oh, look at that. You loved it so here. much. Maybe I want to grab yeah, some on the way home. Yeah, here, one second. Oh, it's, um, it's blackmail. It's got a crow on it, and it's from – it's blackmail. So, Northwest Stout – Oh man, is it? Which brewery is it? It's um, Strange Fellows, I think. Oh god, that does look good. It's good, and you know a lot of stouts, they're higher in alcohol, but this one's very flavorful, and it's still like five percent or something. So you know, yeah, it doesn't say the brewery. I know. Is the brewery Blackmail? No, 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 no. I think it's Strange Fellows. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it looks right. It's an East Van one, but it's really it's tasty. I recommend it. Okay, Strange Fellows. If that's the one, yeah. But blackmail. It's a tall. It's a tall boy can, and it's got a big crow on it. White label, black crow. I'm gonna ask my man at Russell Beer if they do a stout because uh, uh, it's, it's his kid's birthday this weekend. Oh, really? So, yeah, my- might go check that out. And then Russell is a sponsor of The Peak as well. Yes. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go to your kid's birthday. And uh, hopefully they got stout. Hopefully at the kid's <laughs> one-year-old birthday, he's serving up stout. Well, any any good child's like, Jimmy, birthday does first, also First have... birthdays are a piss-up. Oh, absolutely. They the are kid, for the parents. The kid has no idea what's going on. They have on. no idea what's going on. The parents have strapped in for a year. Yeah. And really, it's an anniversary of like... We survived. Yeah, we survived. The child is still alive. I killed every plant I've ever owned. Oh, yeah. But somehow I, kept this weed of a child alive. Exactly. We, we have a pet. I think it's been fed. We're not sure, you know. Yeah. Um, but here we are. I know I remember giving my best friends, actually, a nice bottle of wine on their son's one-year-old birthday. Oh, yeah. I remember when we had a one-year-old birthday for our daughter, Madeline. It was just like all our buds came over and we just were like, the kid was there. 
Yeah. But it was no. about the parents it's just the being parents. like, yeah, for sure. haven't seen any of you guys in a year. What's <laughs> happened? You know, I got a long like beard like Rasputin. My wife's <laughs> fingernails are like cr- turning, a- curling around on themselves. And we're like, hello, our friends. You're still here. <laughs> Welcome. Come drink with us in our home. We'll have stout. So yeah, I'll ask Jimmy at Russell Beer. I'm like, do you guys got a stout? I'll come to your kid's when you're birthday party. Perfect. <laughs> Magical. All right. That's it for a podcast. Thank you guys for being part of it. Uh, also, tweet at us uh, not only your home alone tra- tra- uh, traps, your favorite traps, but your favorite stouts. Mm-hmm. How about that? Yum. Mm, we could use that. Yep. Okay. Stouts and rosé. Sparkling rosé and stouts. That's my... It's on the playlist tonight. Uh, having a cocktail with my wife watching Home Alone 2. Delicious. <laughs> Have a great one, and we will be back next week. Bye. See ya. Nothing can kill the Grimace. All right, we're done here. Kevin!